Hail all you people from the wasteland. Hello. This is Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. I am Celtic God. With me is the Lorekeeper. And we're doing some looking into language stuff, digging ever further deeper. And uh, yeah, basically the Lorekeeper's gotten lost. So go ahead and share with us what it is that you're finding. What we want to talk about today is basically that there are a lot of words that people use they don't know the meaning of, they don't know where it came from, and they're just using it in the same way people that start getting into a click will start using the words without actually like understanding words. Cheddar. Bling, cheddar, homie, right. and not really know what they mean. Right, and a lot of the words that hopefully we'll have time to get in today are actually English words. English or Some something. of them are Scandinavian. One of the things that I... Really, really, and we got to start off with this because it's probably the the big one, is Indo-European, Aryan, these various words that have sort of promulgated themselves in ethnic faith circles. They don't mean what you think they mean, and they seriously need to be discussed. For instance, how many people in the audience actually know what Aryan means? If you've done a bit of research, you probably know it means noble or one of noble character, effectively. An aristocrat, what we would call a noble or an aristocrat. However, this is not a European word. It's at best an Iranian word. It's probably from Sanskrit. And Well, read to them that thing that um, from the, what is it, extreme right from India or something? Uh, it was actually from the turn of the 1900, uh, turn of the 20th century. Oh, okay. So it's not even up to that part yet. No, it's, let me see, where was I? But Because uh, I, I got to say. Bravo to the Dravidians are fighting to keep their stuff Dravidian. Yes. Uh, well, uh, because what, what's the word that they use? Indic? I won't use it because Indic, it doesn't make sense. Indic is what they're trying to use, kind of like how we're trying yeah. to use Hyperborean to take back our own, our own stuff, our own spirituality. Okay, where was it? The theory's political polemics revolve around one word, Arya. Rai, and by Rai it's a... Uh, I'm guessing this is, it has something to do with Swami Vivekananda, whatever. The theory's political polemics revolve around one word, Arya. Rai claims that they didn't use the term Aryan because the word is imaginary. In Sanskrit, Aryan means noble and does not denote a race. Ahakula kuli narya sabya sajan sadhava. Slaughter the name. Yes. One who is from, in a, that's the trans, this is the English translation. One who is from an aristocratic family of gentlemen, good-natured, and righteousness, says Amara Kosha. They're all over the place with this, but basically what it is is it is a word for nobility. Which, hey, nobility, positive meaning. Not it's, a European word, even, it's though. It's not a European word. Why are we describing ourselves with a word from frickin' India? A place famous for polluted rivers, street shitting, and terrible food. Right, which we hope that the ethnic Dravidians are fighting to clear up. Because oh, yeah. really, all that stuff seems to stem from universalism. Well, it's the same thing as the Dharmic faiths in the modern day. And yes, Hinduism at one point was an ethnic faith. Just as Buddhism sprung from an ethnic faith. Even Christianity spawned from the Jewish ethnic faith. Universalism is a corruption of an ethnic faith used as a means of control. That's why it takes it's everything. It's a weapon of empire. Well, yeah. Because even um, the Greeks and Romans started using their own gods. Well, it's or what caused those empires to fall was universalism. Well, I mean, even Egypt flirted with it. They mm -hmm. had that one pharaoh that converted everyone to a monotheistic god, and that fell apart as soon as he was dead. 
But that's just Aryan. Indo-European is a whole nother kettle of fish. The Euro-Indian. Oh, yeah. Because people have actually tried to argue, well, people are so against this word because of the Indo part, because it means India. It doesn't. It means indigenous European, which, again, sounds all good. Yeah, it, it, it would be good if it was used properly. But it's not. It's used to It's used to have this imagined people with an imagined language. Because here, here's a fun fact for you people. There is no such thing as Proto-Germanic. That language never existed. It is a reconstruction. You would be further off using Dothraki, Elvish, or Navi. Well, and a lot of people will argue, well, you see, language separates, right? Well, and, yeah, and it does. But it also point. conjoins. But more commonly, yes, it conjoins. Because the only way they'll separate is through um, isolated. That's the word I was after. Isolation is the only thing that causes language to separate. As soon as there's any interaction, now languages, you begin losing words because everybody changes over, uh, I don't know, uh, Spanglish. It's like yeah. Spanglish. They will use some of the Spanish words. They will use some of the English words, and they'll they'll drop them off. And sometimes they even blend the words. So it's a blending of language. Well, here's another it's thing. It's even in the name Spanglish. Well, yes. Well, before they had the whole Indo-European thing going, which guess what? It also sometimes includes Uralic, which is largely a European language grouping. It is extremely isolated. Finnish is so isolated that if you don't grow up speaking it, your your chances of ever speaking it properly are pretty much nil. That's how isolated it is. You can't even speak it properly. And they have to throw in random freaking words from Finnish to try and make this whole theory make sense. And it's not even a theory, really. It's a hypothesis because they don't have any hard evidence. Number two, before they had this whole Indo-European-Aryan thing going on, they called it Jephetic. Do you know what Jephetic is named after? Do you? I do not. Sure. It is named after the Japhites, who are descended. Who are of, the Japhites? And they are descended of Japheth, one of the three sons of Noah. Just like Noah. And then you have the term Semitic, which is still in use today, and it's the only one still in use today, which is referred to from Noah's son Shem. Man, it is weird. So you're saying all this Indo-European language stuff, it's all trying to link it back to... The Tower of Babel. Wow. I had no idea. I it's mean, not like we've talked about this a thousand times. It's not like it's pretty obvious <laughs> when they start throwing in Mesoamerican and Oriental languages. Right. Well, really, if you just look, at, I think it even explains it or admits to it on the Wikipedia page for the Indo-European. Oh, yeah, they do. It is literally, it's meant to link all the languages to, to Hebrew, which we're informed is not a real language, but to then link it to the Tower of Babel. Well, and here's another further thing that people need to understand is this is why. Well, I have a question, and you, you can answer this. Why, do, why has the trend of taking the European languages and running it through Sanskrit to get to Hebrew? Why that trend? I honestly don't know. Greeks and Romans. Oh, yeah. Well, because here's the thing. Uh, Greek and Greeks and Romans, you know what they did? And this was very important. They conquered India. And they even started schools there. Schools there. They imported their gods. They had, it was a whole thing. It was, and this actually, if I remember correctly, at least with the Greeks, this was the period where uh, Buddhism had effectively superseded Hinduism. But they have uh, Greco-Buddhism. 
is the name of it. And it's a universalist faith that blends elements of the conquering Greeks with the Buddhists. Well, and then even with Japan, we basically occupied Japan for a few decades. We occupied them. So they picked up English words like treehouse. Yes. It's their name for a treehouse. And they picked up other or, English uh, words. Pan. They picked up the word for bread from uh, the Portuguese. Right. And, and, really it's, and it's that. actually worked into their language as a whole. We picked up words like sushi and ninja and katana and samurai. 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 Hoi. Hoi. And why? Did they conquer us? Or did we, or just, did we just simply interact with them? And really, our conquest of them wasn't even required. The same thing, because it, that language trade didn't happen until basically uh, violence was stopped and we started trading and working with each other. Well, actually, that's when the language trade actually really started. You're actually more likely to have people take up a language for trade purposes than you are for conquest. Mm -hmm. Conquest works, but it's like... You can force a language into a place. That's true. But the easiest and most likely way is through trade. This is even, this is not our opinion. This is actually tracked and proven through, even though we shit all over them, academic and scholarly circles. The professional one. Well, and here's another thing that people don't seem to understand is, do you know what the most common language in all of India is right now? English? Yes. It is the most common and widely spoken language in India. Gee, I wonder if there's any similarities. I know. It's because... India is actually America. Sure. <laughs> it is very diverse, and they do have a black population there. But the thing is with this whole thing is why in the world are we even trying to get back to this proto-language? Most of us can barely use English. Yeah, because that, that was actually kind of the point of why we wanted to do this, and then he started digging into uh, the, the, the big pile of pie shit. So that's what we opened with. Let's start out, actually, with one of the, what I think is the most important words, and it's one we use on a regular basis. Okay. Hyperborean, hyperborean. This is an English word. It does descend from Greek and Latin. It's a hyperborean word. Yes. It just means people of the north, or hyperborea specifically means the land beyond the north wind, and supposedly it has historically been used to mean basically like Romania and that area. Right. But it has been used to describe certain areas. But when you look at what the word actually means, that's why we chose it to describe our people rather than, I don't know, a Sanskrit word. Well, a Sanskrit word with political connotations that people can't even agree right. on what well, it means. Well, and, to, and um, for a made-up tribe, which that... Um, it also went over. Yeah, because the, the Indians are also just trying to They are aware this. it's a made-up tribe. Well, and they're annoyed. They're annoyed for the same reason that we get well, annoyed. This white whole... people's trying to take their religion. Of course they're going to get mad. Yeah. It's like all these blacks that are like, I can be Scandinavian too. But that's why we put this word forward and why we use it so much is it is a accurate description of what we are. If there was a, a great word that meant dwellers of the forest, but I think arboreal is kind of a weird term. Yeah, we, we toyed with that for a second. We're like, ah, no, no, it just doesn't have that poetic ring. Well, and Sylvan, no, Sylvan, we're not all elves, only the Finnish are elves. <laughs> The Finnish and some of the Swedes. They're, they're so cute. You pick them up, put them in your pocket, walk yeah, away. Yeah, but then their brother is a freaking leshy, according to the... Uh, Be quiet or the, the leshy universe. will hear you and hear that we're talking about putting his brother in our pocket and walking away. Uh, we're, we're talking about the Youpers, by the way, because there's a lot of Finns up in the UP of Michigan. Yeah, they come in two varieties, pocket size and giant. Elf and leshy. Yep, nothing else. 
five foot nothing or seven foot square. If you want to take back language, to avoid the de- deconstruction into new speak, into the language of idiocracy, then you need to actually yeah, to learn actual English, which is what we're actually going over today is various words that people use that you've probably even heard used incorrectly. And some of the not all of them are English like. Here's the thing. They don't use them all incorrectly either because sometimes they will use the word correctly, but it's out of context, which still makes it wrong. Well, like two a day. Two a day means tribe of or uh, the folk of, basically. People of. People of. Um, so we've seen this actually used in poems, and it's used incorrectly. It'll be like oh, great, uh, yeah. Morgan, great queen of the tribe of. Please uh, learn what a word means before you use it in a poem. Or a phrase. Yeah. Morgan of the tribe of. And I believe that they word it Morgan of the Tuaday. Yeah. Great. Uh, what is it? It's... Uh, they used a word it that sounded very aunt. pretty except for we know what the words mean well yeah it's like reading a uh when you can it's like how people will look at translations but then they learn the language that's being translated and they're like this isn't right you can even tell indo-european has been translated primarily for biblical purposes mm-hmm. by looking at the early oh and i love that the Iridians blame the british because Br- fuck the, Br- the english the british and the germans <laughs> uh, there's many kinds of germans people but um, these are all words that people will use because they sound special, like Seder. Uh, people will use Seder as like a form of magic they're using. No one knows what Seder is. Yeah, do you still have that page up? Uh, no, I don't think so. Oh, that's a shame. But basically what it is is people are pretending that they understand what some of these words mean. Like people will use frith incorrectly. Is Seder the one with their... Where they sit there and then they shake until they sweat and pass uh, out. That's one version that people will define it as. Like here, they actually had it. Uh, this is actually a description of it. Seder is interpreted differently by different groups and practitioners, but usually taken to indicate altered consciousness or even to- total loss of physical control. In either other words, no one knows what it means. Until they have a seizure. Diana L. Paxson and her group Rafnar have attempted reconstructions of Seder, particularly the oracular form, from historical material. Author Jan Fries regards Seder as a form of shamanic trembling, which he relates to seething, used as a okay, shamanic technique. hold on. I want to see what shamanic means, or shaman. Yeah, that's not a European word either. If it wasn't for the Wiccans, I'd be arguing we should use the word witch, but that's tainted to ah, all uh, On the quick, either. easy, just typed in the word shaman. A person regarded as having access to and influence in the world of good and evil spirits, especially among some peoples of Northern Asia and North America. Typically, such people enter a trance state during a ritual and practice divination and healing. And then there's a secondary description. Shamanism is a religious practice that invokes invokes a practitioner interacting with what they believe to be a spirit world through altered states of consciousness such as a trance. Notice Northern Asia and North America. Well, there's white people in Northern Asia. Yeah, but that's not where the word comes from. Right. And this is the other thing, is we keep using other people's words, and then people will use not only the words... Well, here's my question. If we actually did that, wouldn't we have a very similar word to the rest of our languages? And we don't. We have very, very different words. In fact, we have many different words for what people would actually... And they're very different things from shamanism. That's why the word shamanism exists. 
Oh, yes. And is so yes. widespread is because these other words that we did use mean something different. Well, there's a lot of different words, and I actually have a list here. Here we go. These are just some of the words from Europe that mean witch, or I guess if you wanted to compare it to shaman. This is actually from my article, which is what really were the witch cults. Some called them Wicca, Kresnici, Zudak, Necromanat, Kresniki, Taltos, Werewolf, Hag, Knower, Wise Woman, Enchantress, Wizard, Asti, or Shapeshifter. They were known as Charmer, Herbalist, Crone, Regana, Galdranon, Volva, Masca, Bruja, Twister, Spinner, Benendante, Troguma, Helrun, Hex, Hagdise, Wick, Magistar, and many many more that is not even the tip of the iceberg folks we have many words to choose from and people have picked the one from northern mongolian tribes why yeah there's three words in that list that could loosely be translated to singer oh yeah uh, the enchantress and the galder one and then i i forgot the list but there's a third one in there that could be loosely translated to mean one who sings and that brings us to another form of supposedly Norse magic, and it's actually still in use today. It's called Galder, or as the English people, English-speaking people would call it, singing. I mean, how many people haven't had a massive emotion, sometimes even borderline magical, or dare well, I say well, it, we, actually magical? We even use that description. The performance was enchanting. It was enthralling. It was magical. It was a magical performance. Well, it's why there were singers and there were war chants. Right. And we're not trying to steal the magic or the power from it. What we're doing is you need to understand when we sing a song, if it is done well, it, it is, is magic. Well, I mean, here's the thing is you don't believe me. Look up some of those songs that are just freaking enchanting. And here's the thing is it's, it's the ones that bring a, a tear to your eye when you don't want to or makes you laugh when you're angry. That is magic. Well, it's one of the things that people don't seem to understand is like the Poetic Edda. It's a collection of bardic poems. These were sung. And not only were they sung, they were sung in mead halls. So some of them had to be funny. Right. Uh, like everyone... um, Toby Keith's She Loves Me For My Willy. Yes. Look that song up. It's absolutely hilarious. It's it's, it's great. Well, I mean, what what would have stopped Ragnar Ragnarsson, just for, just for a term, who was a great bard or scald or whatever, wandering around singing songs, from, oh, I got to bring out, out a funny one. Um, the song of Thor in the wedding dress. And that always gets the people half in the bag chuckling like crazy. Yeah. What a lot of people try to do is they use the words. They're using the right words, but they're using them in the wrong way, in the wrong context, and usually mostly making up the definitions. One, one that's really rampant for that straight up English word, mad. Oh, yeah. It doesn't mean angry. Not at all. So how what does mad mean? You know the mad Irishman and um and Braveheart? Oh yeah. It's my island. You mean Ireland? I my island. The good Lord says mad. He can get, the good Lord says he can get me out of this jam, but he thinks you're fucked. Yes. The good Lord the good Lord says he can get me out of this jam, but he's pretty sure you're fucked. Uh or uh just for some more popular examples. Mad Jack from World War Two. Right. Motherfucker with a Sword and a bow in a war with freaking mustard gas and gun. Okay, mustard gas might have been World War One. Because another tra another definition for it is well, insane. Well, kind of, but insane is something different from mad. But they're close. They're well, close. Like, is 
it's not an intensity. It's a, um, it is an intensity, like the madness of war, laughing hysterically or laughing like a madman. So it is an intensity, but it's where you're, you're not quite right. It's the only way I can think of to actually describe well, it. Well, they even used to describe it as touch, like uh, the gods or God has touched you. Right. Mad, madness. It doesn't mean angry. Well, the madman with the box, Doctor Who, the mad hatter. Yes, they're all very, very angry people. And this also ties into madness, which is kind of the state of being mad. Yes. Uh, many great people were. Yeah, madness is like the verb. Really close to this is actually the word fury. Right. It does not mean anger either, and it is not a synonym for mad or madness. Well, and really, there are no synonyms for them. No. F- well, that's there, the there's, thing. There's, there's nuance to the words. Well, technically, a synonym is in and of itself an inaccurate term. There are no words that mean the exact same thing as another word. Most synonyms have a slight variation in the word, like dog versus canine. Night versus evening. Yes. They are not... Night versus soldier. Right. They're, they're not actually interchangeable. They don't mean... The same thing. Exactly the same thing. And fury is more of an intensity of being. The, the calm before the storm. Or the, the storm itself. Yes. But both these things, both of these states are furious. They're very, very intense. And there's a kind of pressure, but it doesn't have to be anger. The furious one, well, what if he's laughing? Uh, berserkers could be described as furious. Extremely intense. That's why I say these, these other berserkers that they show all the time. No, those are, those are big children having temper tantrums. Going berserk does not mean going angry. The closest I've seen in fiction would be, like you've said, the, the Terminator. It is Terminator the best one. one that I've seen. And here's the thing is just while I'm on berserkers, because I need to get this off my chest is if you've ever been like me and read a lot of books on our lore, inevitably people end up comparing it to other other races. They have claimed that berserkers from Germanic and Northern European tradition and beyond that they are the same as the Hindu sadhus. Oh, this is where he's going with it. I was going to uh, the meaning of the, the name. I forgot about these fucks. I always put them on my head. They are, if you want to call that a berserker. How do you uh, spell it? S-A-D-U? S-A-D-H-U. Look it up if you haven't already and tell me that you think that just put a freaking bear skin on him and it would be a berserker. No. And here's the thing. Berserker just means bear shirt, but because it's the one that entered Well, the bear shirt or bear skin. Bear shirt or bear skin, which also brings me to the famous fairy tale, bear skin. I even did a remithing of it. You can find it on our website, wilderholmesproject.life. Ah, good plug, good plug. It's called The Trial of the Holy Berserker, Bearskin Remithed. It even has original illustrations, just to get a little bit of a plug in there. But berserker just means bear shirt. But because berserk is the one that has entered the common lexicon as a word, it's why I always use it as berserker as the overall category. It's not the only yeah, category. All the different tribes had versions of it, and they had their own names for them. Well, we like, just don't speak all those languages. Well, like the Hercules or Heracles um, is his older Herculean. Name. Yeah, the Herculean Her- used to basically mean the same thing. Well, and Hercules even has a lion strong. pelt. Yeah, it didn't mean strong. It meant savage, ferocious, well, intense. Cause, well, because that's what Heracles is. He's savage, mm-hmm. ferocious, intense, and he even goes mad at some point. Yes. Though that was... According to lore, Hera's problem, but who or knows? Not her problem. Uh, her her uh, cause, her, her doing. Because it was Hercules' problem, because he was the one enduring it. Oh, yeah, because he just straight up killed his family. 
there's so many words like this, people. Like race. While, while I'm on it, race. Race actually means species, but it's specifically used for men, for mankind. So different human-shaped things. The race of Dravidian, the race of these sub-Saharan Africans, the black race, the white race, the yellow race. Right. Uh, Terrible names, but it, each of these would be classified as their own species. So when we use, when we've been using the race of man or the races of men, we've been using it actually correct well, by the actual definition. The one time that race has been used incorrectly, actually, in recent memory, is when we start subdividing ourselves into the Germanic race. Yes, because that is incorrect. I'm sorry to burst your bubble. Most Germans are not pure what people call Teutons. I fucking hate that term. Well, a- that uh, that alone is a show, just the word Teuton, that is worth probably three shows just by itself well, isn't to rip it, apart based off from how people well, use it. Well, and people have different reasoning for where it came from. Uh, some people argue it was that forest. Other people argue it was, a, like you pointed out, it was a political movement, basically. Well, it was a family slash political movement, <clears throat> and that's what the Teuton force is like named bo- after, is like, after that family. That This force belongs to that family. It would be like everyone in Austria calling themselves Habsburgs. Yes. We are Habsburgian. Well, and just Germanic. What does that mean? Have any of you actually looked up the ancient Germanic map as dictated by the ones who dubbed them Germanics, which was the Romans? Well, it, it reached far into Slavia and into the Baltic. It the, went all the way in, like halfway Russia. across. Yeah, it was a very big area. Up into the um, Siberian area, all through Slavland. Well, and Germania just means uh, crazy spearmen. Yes. I've had some people actually try to claim it means original Celt. It does not. It does not. Gur means spear. Well, and Celt just means people. Celt just means people, If people want a better word than Germanic, which I understand, but I use it because it's the common understanding of the word. Deutsch. But Germanic, Gur, German for spear, and it was named by by Romans who spoke Latin. What does manic mean? We still use that word today. Yep. It's the land of the crazy spearmen. Pretty much. Well, and there was actually a goddess named Mania, oddly enough. I mean, not German, but uh, I think she was uh, not Greek or Roman, but like one of those tribes that got absorbed really early on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, basically, it's still the same thing because half the gods have Latinized names. Half the ones that we have written right Well, especially, especially in the, um, especially from writing like uh, Nerthus or yeah. uh, N- Nanusfelta, Lenis. But we still use the word today, mania and manic. What does that mean? And then just knowing that spear or that gur means spear, crazy spearman. It's the land of the crazy spearman. It's one of those things. There are so many words that are used improperly, like druid. Druid's another one. Yep. Those we, were we, actually described. Actually described. They were uh, diplomats. Like they might step, literally step in between two armies that's about ready to come together and be like, hey, hold up, let's talk, see if you actually want to do this. Well, they were professors, basically. Negotiators were, and then teachers. They were not spiritual leaders. No, this whole spiritual thing is, it's conflation. When an outsider comes into an area, they're likely to confuse it. It's like, do you have any idea how many bear gods we have? Well, like an engineer is more of a druid than most of these modern druids. Oh, yeah. Well, I hate you don't get to call yourself a druid because you took a class. I don't care if you took four years of classes. It's not a career. Well, it's and not I've a talked D&D to some of these class. some of these authenticated druids 
And they learn Hinduism and they learn Buddhism and they learn all these other religions because it's their their duty to take care. Oh, man. And Fuck then, you. You're not a druid, motherfucker. Oh, yeah. And then the people that try to function as, well, you have to be initiated to learn what I do. Yes, yes, yes. Do I also have to pay five minute 5,000 bucks a year and drink the Kool-Aid, too? As a matter of fact, you do. Because here's the thing, folks. Unless you are a fucking time traveler, you do not have secret pagan information well and to call them professors when we look at our modern professors is not fair to the druids no it's more like the engineer that actually figures out how to do shit and can do shit that you might apprentice under or employ to come help you figure out how to do a thing well, it's or like the the logger that actually knows the trees and the life cycles and can can figure out which one's which without the fucking leaves on them well we've actually talked about this before the priest the priest is not what people think they were. A priest and, is, and priest, I believe, is a European word. Yes, it's been corrupted to all hell. Oh yeah, it doesn't. It didn't. It doesn't actually mean the way that's been used for the last several centuries. Well, or some people are just throwing random Icelandic words together. Like uh, I, we've been accused before of, and this might seem like what's going all over the place, but we're trying to get through all the words. But frith—that's another one, and it irritates me because mm. we've we've been accused of breaking frith. We haven't. We've never broken frith with anyone who that would classify as under frith. Frith, me, frith is basically the ties of between kinship, between a lord slash chieftain and their people, and the gods and the people. Right. Someone, just because we're both pagan does not mean that I owe random person on the internet frith. Yeah. I won't personally come at you. Friends have frith. Family should have frith. Friends, family... Married partners, uh, your if you if your chief so they're following. It's yeah, it's it's goodwill, but it's also loyalty. You can only betray if you have frith. And this is why I get so irritated: is people they come in with this Christian notion and they start using old European words that are that are archaic. They're not used anymore. I understand people's like, desire to return words like hamingja. Or fetch, or right. things like this. Well, and Hamingja is more like luck pool than the way that they actually use it. Oh, yeah. I don't know why people use Hamingja the way they do. But luck luck is a European because word. If you're one of the few people that use it correctly, more like luck pool, the person listening, congratulations, you're the winner. Because most people use it more like karma. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. You know what karma actually is? For all these people, like karma will come back to bite you. Karma isn't the golden rule. It's not what goes around comes around. Karma is basically your sin meter. <laughs> yeah. It's not your your list of sins. It's a sin meter. How much sin do you have? Do you do you ascend or do you descend into hell? Cuz they have hells too. Yes. Well, and that actually Multi bring, many of them. Well, and here's And the, each one worse than the, than the next. Well, and here's the thing is if you see someone trying to use Zoroastrianism, for instance, as a Indigenous European religion. Punch them in the mouth. Or, I mean, yeah. we cannot actually legally encourage violence. Yes, but just to describe what Zoroastrianism is, I'm going to read the first paragraph describing it. Zoroastrianism, or Mazda Yasna, is an Iranian religion and one of the world's oldest organized faiths. Based on the te teachings of the Iranian-speaking prophet Zoroaster, also known as Zarathustra, it has a dualistic cosmology of good and evil within the framework of a monotheistic ontology. You ever and notice all these things have a dualistic framework of good and evil? Yep. Eschatology. 
and in eschatology, which predicts the ultimate conquest of evil by good. This should start sounding familiar, by the way. Zoroastrianism exalts an uncreated and benevolent deity of wisdom known as Uhura Mazda, or Lord of Wisdom, as its supreme being. Historically, the unique features of Zoroastrianism, such as its monotheism, messianism, belief in free will, and judgment after death, conception of heaven, hell, angels, and demons, among other concepts, may have influenced other religious and philosophical systems, including the Abrahamic religions, and Gnosticism, Northern Buddhism, and even Greek philosophy. Because here's the thing, is if you ever notice that like Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, these basically losers, actually. The best thing Aristotle did, if I'm thinking of the right guy, is teach um, Alexander the Great. And here's the thing. And taught him how to read and do math. Well, and, yeah, because Alexander the Great, that motherfucker was a demigod if ever there was one. Mm -hmm. he, he was crazy good, dude. The, the worst thing he did was make his people shave. And now, uh, and honestly, I think that's it was, was out of jealousy because he himself couldn't grow a beard. He was too young. I mean, right. it, and it, he did actually rescind his order once he could grow one. Yeah, it was basically he didn't want to be perceived as a boy, so he had everyone shave. Because he was, what, like 15, 16 yeah, when, he, when he, he started? he would have been teenager And he died somewhere. in his 30s, so he only really could grow a beard. Because basic rule of thumb, it's not a beard till you're 30. It doesn't matter if you can tuck it into your belt. Old white people from the rural area wisdom. Old Hyperborean wisdom. Traditional wisdom. From the gray beards of North America. Boy, no matter how much hair you got on your chin, it's not a beard until you're 30. I don't care if you can tuck it into your belt. And then wait until the guy is 30th birthday. And if he says something like, well, you have to say it's a beard now. No, I don't. <laughs> because I don't. And, and why? Because he'd still be acting like a boy. Well, yeah, because it's childish to do that. I think we've gone through most of them now. Oh, oh, most of them. Oh, um, one of my the one, one of them I wanted to touch on though was love. Oh yeah, love. Because here's the thing: love is, from my understanding, actually a French word, and it's not that the Celtic and Germanic people didn't have words for love. What we had was many words for love, because there's many different kinds of love. Like the Celts were shat upon by the Brits for a long time because they had the notion of romantic love. There's also the love of loyalty or love. It's loyalty. Well, the Greeks had like seven different kinds. Like I think you just pointed that out. Supposedly love comes from old English, but it's probably French. The whole, th that's yeah, one of the problems the, whenever you Google something. Yes. You got to word it very specifically. Because there, there was also a time of period where the French ruled the, English without ever having conquered them. Oh yeah, yeah, that was that was an interesting. So time that really jacked up the whole language history thing, and it could be an old English term, but I don't think it is. I believe it's actually a French term, or a French idea applied to an English word. But there was actually multiple words for love because there is the love between friends, a platonic love between friends. There is a love which is loyalty based it is literally just loyalty has nothing to do with sex then there is sexual love and then there is romantic love and while you can you could have all of these loves together they are not dependent on each other they are actually separate concepts well it's like uh, kind of like two guys in today's world cannot be friends no they only well, because friends and homosexual is being jammed together to mean the same thing friends and lovers basically means the same thing now which here's the funny thing is it kind of technically used to 
but lovers didn't mean what lovers means. It just it just meant that they had one of these types of love. Yes, because this is what basically has happened to all the different types of love is they've all been placed into eros, which is romantic, passionate love of the body. That's why, like. You know that like childish question that people that kids always ask when they find out how Cupid works? They're like or Eros in the Greek tradition. Well, if he shot two guys, would they probably make out or have sex? Yes, yes they would, because that's how Cupid works. And it would be the punishment actually. Well, yeah, because that's another thing that um Aphrodite would do that. Like, you piss her off, oh you wanna fuck a bull now. Oh, you piss her off, your dad's the sexiest man alive. But as far as love goes, you can love your dog and not want to fuck it. You can love your children and not fuck them. Yes. You can love your friend and not fuck him or her. Crushing all forms of love down into Eros is... It's bad. It's really bad. It's, it's dangerous really, it's beyond just, comprehension. Well, and it's actually one of... Aside from its reproductive function, it's actually, I would argue, the least important form of oh, love. Oh, the sexual love? Yes. The second one is philia, which is affectionate, friendly love. And then the third one is storja. Uh, I'm guessing uh, that's right. And these ones are the Greek version. Yeah, the Greek version. Because that's from my understanding. I know for a fact the Celtic languages like the modern day Celts had their versions of these words. The Brits actually mocked them for it. That's why I know. But the Brits themselves had many words. And by the way, you guys are Celts too, like it or not, had many words or descriptors for love. I know that the Germans did as well. I don't know if they still do or not, but I know that the Germans did. And I'm guessing basically all of our people did. Oh, yeah, because love is a complicated way of doing things. Yes. Like, we just actually talked about one of these today on the Telegram. Storge, unconditional familial love, such as a son feels towards right. his mother. And has nothing to do with like or dislike. A fourth one. And the reason I'm using the Greek is they're the most easy ways to look. They're, mo- they're the most easy ones to look up. Agape. Selfless, universal love. So this is... Which, uh, it's nice in theory, but it never actually happens. It, no. It can't. Ludus, playful, flirtatious love. So that's like teen ro- summer romance. Yes. Pragma, committed, long-lasting love. That is a marriage. Yes. Seven. Very pragmatic. And then seven is phila- philousia or self-love. And that is not meant to mean masturbation. It just means that you actually care about yourself and aren't doing what most people do today which is i suck i'm sorry don't do but that let's to be honest most of those people are so consumed with self-love and then they they seem depreciating so that they don't seem narcissistic which narcissistic comes from a greek god named uh narcissus who was narcissistic <laughs> Uh, and didn't he, did he drown in that pool? No, what happened was he starved to death. Well, actually, he didn't starve to death. Uh, he got to the point where he was going to die, and then he got turned into a flower. Ah, okay. And it was because he couldn't stop looking at his beautiful yeah, self. In. Yeah, because he uh, had a lot of vanity and just basically stared at the um, at his reflection for right. a long time. Well, and the thing is, is loving yourself, liking yourself, being proud of yourself, that is healthy. Narciss- narcissist is a story warning about what happens when that spirals out of control a hyperborean ethnic faith is about balancing ourselves because we are creatures of extremes well it's because we need that balance point but our balance is not the same as the asian balance as the dravidian balance as the african balance as a blah 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 balance well it's part of how they're driving people insane is you don't just need the male to balance out the female you also need the continuation the child child balances out the the two adults 
and this applies into all of our lives. So we have a lot of stories about the extremes, what happens when this thing spirals out of control, whether it's anger, love, lust, uh, self-love, uh, hatred, so on and so forth. Well, it's and like hatred, this- that's another good word. Well, yeah, because here and here's the thing. Hatred is so close to love. It's why, like, uh, most kids who get raised in, like, hate groups, basically. Or in love everybody groups. They grow up hating. Oh, yeah. It, I have the, never met so many people that are so full of hatred as I have now, and all of them were raised to love everybody. Yes, and the people that were raised to hate everybody are weirdly loving. It's almost like if you try to give people reasons to overfocus on one of these two things without a grounded personal reason that they actually have, they actually end up doing the opposite because mm-hmm. it offends their very being so much that they it's end up because going they're the seeking direction. balance, but because we're creatures of extreme. They skip right over the balance point and run right to the the opposite extreme. Well, it's like that that saying, there are fewer people more miserable than experts on happiness. Right. Well, and there's most um, uh, most anorexics, they have one of two kinds of two kinds of family. One, their family is extremely obese or their family are fitness nuts and all about the, the, the dietary needs. To the point where it's an extreme. So what does the child do? Because I'm not talking about people that's actually just being healthy with the exercise part. There is an unhealthy fixation point. Don't ever get there. But the the most anorexics, these will be their parents and or their aunts, uncles, the people that they grew up around. So then they end up going the exact opposite direction. Well, I have to be skinny so that they won't make fun of me for being fat. And I don't want to be fat. And the easiest way to not be fat is just don't eat. Well, it's like, guys, so many of us are basically starving. I mean, it's like, it's that old joke. There's two kinds of, like, Antifa, Timon and Pumbaa. They're either so fat that you well, can't even how tell many if they're male on, or female. On YouTube or so do we thin. see now where their biceps are the size of my wrist? Yeah, it's actually, it seems like a And pre- they think that they're healthy. Well, it's like a prerequisite for, pretty much unless you are a fitness nut, like your channel is all about fitness, it's like a prerequisite that a guy has to be extremely effeminate to get an audience. Yeah. Yeah, well, like Jaza. Uh, well, he tried manning up for a minute, and he was actually losing thousands of followers. Yeah, because... As soon as he goes right back into waving his hands around like a woman and, and talking with a fucking lisp, his audience starts going back up. Yeah, don't do that to people. When people actually want to improve themselves, encourage them. Don't tell them not to do it because you'll do this or that, and that people won't like you. It's more honest Just people. encourage them to be better. That's all that we're trying to do. We never try to take anything away from people. We don't try to get you to just anybody to blindly follow. What we're trying to do is shake everybody the rest of the way out of their slumber. Because if you're listening to us, you've made it partway on your own. Congratulations. Because we are really niche. Because we aren't trying to get blind followers. And we aren't trying to make people just feel better simply for existing. And we're not trying to make people feel worse for existing. These are the, the two easiest ways to get people to follow you. We're trying to get balance back. Right. We're trying to actually help people. So we're not trying to take magic. We're trying to give more. We're not trying to take spirituality. We're trying to show you spirituality is in, in everything that we do as a people. Well, and this actually brings me to two words that we should probably talk about as well, which is belief and faith. Oh. Yeah. Well, and both of these we actually started talking about because of science. Because people will say, believe the science. 
Here's the thing. You don't believe in science. No one believes in science. If you believe science. in science, you're doing it wrong. Yes. You know science or you know of science or you think science. You do not believe in science. Belief implies that you don't know something or that you don't understand something. Belief and acceptance that a statement is true or that something or that something exists. Trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something. I've still got belief in myself. This belief in this value of hard work. Well, and actually, belief, belief is is an attitude that something is the case or that. Ah, I lost it. Where'd it go? Damn it. But basically, you. I believe in the oh, gods. Belief, belief in God, a belief in democracy. I bought the table in, in the belief that was an antique contrary to po uh, popular belief. Go yes. Ahead. Well, like I believe in the gods. This doesn't mean that I have absolute proof that they exist. If I did. I do because we exist and they live within our hearts. They don't have to physically exist anywhere. Oh, yeah, because we are technically by ethnic faith our own gods. So technically, I don't. I, I don't have to believe in the gods because I see them when I see our people. Now, whether or not they'll live beyond their mortal life, is that's a completely different discussion. Yes, but my point being is belief does not require proof. Belief by its very nature is not having proof and still believing in something. Uh, believing that the uh, Mets will win the sports tournament that they're in. The sports ball thingy. I'm not a. I'm not an athlete. Mets. Damn it. I think that's baseball. <laughs> World Series. I no. believe that's what it is. Mets. Will I believe win. they will win the Super Bowl. Whatever. <laughs> the Mets will win the Super Bowl, and so will the Yankees. In a shocking turn of events, the football <laughs> championship has been won by two baseball teams that joined <laughs> the NFL on a drunken bet. No, joined the NBA. If we're going to do this wrong, we go all the way. We go. And they got the, the winning goal uh, oh. with the with. By slapping the puck into the first base with the lacrosse stick. And then faith. Faith is a wonderful thing. You just got to have faith. No, I don't. Having faith in science is moronic, by the way. That's not how that works. Faith, it's not how complete that works. trust or confidence in someone or something. This restores one's faith in politicians. <laughs> I can't believe that they actually put that there. I think someone did that on a bet, probably. Faith. Strong belief in God or the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. We don't ask any ethnic follower of any ethnos to have faith or blind faith or blind belief in their ethnic faith. If they have to, there's something out of whack there and you need to look. There should be proof that it is a thing. Well, and here's something I'm actually going to say. We have said before and we've stood by it and I will stand by it at least in what I meant, that atheists can be pagan, that there is not a requirement for belief or faith in the gods. But a lot of or, people... Or something spiritual intangible. Yes. It's not a requirement. No, but most people have taken that to mean they can be secular modern assholes. Which is not at all what we're saying. So if you don't believe in the gods, if you don't believe in the spirits and all this other, what people would collectively term the woo-woo stuff... Believe in you, in yourself and your people's strength and power. Believe in your people. That is why you can be an atheist right. and still be pagan. And you can believe that nobility can be returned to our people. Because let's be honest, most of our people have a complete lack of nobility. We're stripped from them as a child. Not from birth, but as a child, the nobility has been stripped from most of our people. Well, it's like our children have an instinctive 
desire for justice. Mm -hmm. Justice is missing from today. In fact, children that try to pursue justice are punished. Well, and then um, it comes back to that, that one thing that you said. Uh, I believe it was you that said it. You don't have to teach a circus bear how to be a bear. All you have to do is teach him how to stop being a circus bear. What they're doing right now is slowly making, turning us from bears into chihuahuas. And yes, I know, the chihuahua, bear, that doesn't make any sense. It does, if you look at actual, what I'm trying to say. Our people are naturally noble, blonde, brunette, redhead, raven-haired beasts. We are the bear people. We are the forest spirits. We are the wardens, the kings, the lords of the northern forests. And we have been rendered down to chihuahuas. Just look at people. CG is short for his tribe, and he is taller than most of the people we meet in the city. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. I am not that tall. Well, and we're not even just talking about the Guatemalans. That no, you can no, confuse we're for talking about child. other Hyperboreans. I'm like a head taller than most of these guys, I and mean, I shouldn't be. The only thing I can think of is they're not eating enough or doing enough. Both. Something's going on. It, it's all the crap it, beer it's or something. being civilized. Yeah, civilization is weakness, people. Well, it was commented on in um, in ancient times with the Romans and the Gauls just to the north. The Gauls were giants and the, the Romans were short, even though the Romans, half of them were Gauls. That was just raised in Rome. Yeah, they just got smaller. And it's the thing is like the Gre Greeks and uh, Romans were not always described as short. So in other words, they got smaller because of civilization. Yeah. Well, it's like, I, I don't well, want to... at one time, the Romans were considered to be giants of men, and then they built their cities. And then here's the other thing is, I, I, we have Southern Europeans, and I, I want to say this in the kindest way possible. The, you know what eats for three hours, slowly picking at food and digesting? Herbivores. Prey animals. We love you guys. We love your Spaniards. We love the Greeks eat out there. And they eat some meat. Eat some meat. Olive oil is used for cleaning your body. I don't Time care yourself. if you're using it for food. Well, because olive oil, I understand it's a big part of your cuisine now. It used to be used for lanterns and basically a body wash. Yeah, it was for taking a bath. Taking yep. a bath and burning. Um, it, it didn't sometime, actually become a cooking thing until people started running out of food. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's emergency starvation food. But yeah. you're not... Kind of like uh, corn oil now. Or canola oil. Or Yeah, uh, the various vegetable oils. Well, Whether it's olive or straight up vegetable oil or whatever, it's lubricant, it's fuel, and olive oil. I wouldn't recommend it with vegetable oil because it's sticky. But olive oil can be used to clean gunk off from your skin. You put it on your skin. You use a scraper and literally scrape the gunk off from your skin. If you have to, if you have to use it's vegetable not food, if you have to use vegetable oils, these are some of the best ones from what I've heard. And this is still not great. Use them for you. sparingly. Yes. Peanut oil, canola oil, sunflower oil, flaxseed oil, and olive oil. Yes. These are northern crops. They've all been used this and, way. And use them sparingly because, really, they're famine food. Well, yeah. like, And actually, most of our food is famine food. Yes. It should be telling that some of the most popular foods were developed in a famine. But here's the thing is there's a very big difference between the famine food in, that was just made in Italy that known as pizza and Chicago deep dish. Oh, Chicago deep difference. dish. Chicago deep dish is a casserole. Well, American pizza is a casserole. Oh yeah, American pizza is a casserole or a meat pie. That's what it is. If you don't believe me, just look at it and tell me it's not a meat pie. Or go talk to people that actually know about food and the history of food. Oh they'll, yeah, they'll explain it. To oh you. yeah, it's like people will come because over. Because honestly, I thought well, they're related. One just has more stuff on it. And then I got into some educational thing about food and the history of food. 
And then they explained it in there. No, these are two completely different things. The one is a famine food. The other one is actually a casserole or a meat pie, depending on how which it's made. Which is not a famine food. Which is, is not a famine food. It is delicious, though. Yes. If you are non-American and you haven't tried things like Chicago deep dish or Detroit but deep animal dish. animal fats, that's what we traditionally cook in. Oh, yeah. Goose fat, lard, bacon fat, butter, all these things. Cook the food in it, rub it all over the food because fat is good for us. So long as we're moving around. I mean, if you're a big old well, fatty fatterson, probably cut back on Well, that I mean, bit. the reason that everyone got fat, you have to try. It's a combination of, and I'm not talking about just getting a belly. Well, because naturally, naturally, we require a really high calorie diet. That's why all of our foods are so high calorie. That's why it tastes so good to us. It, it makes some of the other people's sick or, or literally die. They will well, die. Well, it's like them. Africans or Ameriblacks. They can't eat pork. Yeah, well, I, I look at their, their shorter lifespan like, oh, well, yeah, they get murdered a lot. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the age of where they die of heart attacks. It's because they're eating traditional European diets. It's not good for them. It is good for us. But in a more natural environment where you're walking and you're lifting heavy things and you're chasing animals and kids and building things and uh, repeatedly moving this from point A to point B and then from point B to point C, but you're constantly physically active and then the winter times. Well, this is another thing I want to bring up is there's people pushing everyone to be lean like a statue of Achilles. Right. Well, and there there's actual pushes by governmental establishments to get us to to get away from the European diet. That's the way that they worded it. European diet. They that's why they're pushing for us to eat bugs and and more grains like rice and uh, what are those? Fava beans, fava beans, beans sprouts, lentils, all this garbage. But the more Asian diets and Middle Eastern diets. Yes, which are slave diets. Yes. Sorry, 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 people from there, but I'm not sorry. You too are on a slave diet. And here's the thing: is with our people, we are supposed to have a little bit of fat on us. Here's here's one I found interesting in Dravidia modern-day India, I found out that the royalty used to be able to eat the cows. Isn't that awful odd that nobody else is allowed to eat the cows? In fact, it's punishable. Yeah, in fact. Outside of that one weird... I believe weird, it's still punishable. Outside of that one weird festival where they kill, like, thousands of right, animals. but they can't once. eat them. Oh, they just kill them, chop them apart, because they become problematic. They're, they're vermin. Well, that's messed to, up. To thin out the, the ranks. But they're not allowed to eat it. But the royalty used to. Now, wrap your mind around that because I know that we have Dravidians that follow us on, on Telegram. I'm assuming some fo- some listen to our our, uh, te- our podcast. Wrap your mind around that. Well, and here's the thing is the actual Dravidians, I encourage you to take back your ethnic faith. Mm-hmm. Same with the Japanese and Shinto. I encourage every people on earth to go back to their, their ethnic faith because all of this cannot stand. every All of this modernity stuff that everybody hates cannot exist coinciding with with ethnic faith no because the universalism goes away yes and it's killing us because just to get back to all of us not just our people everybody well and they will make words like fat they Mm -hmm. made that the evil for like 20 years it's why i grew up thinking that milk bacon and butter tasted terrible because my mom called margarine butter she called turkey bacon bacon she called two percent milk milk right and 
and you thought that you was fat all of your life when you got no, up I, here, you I, was like a skeleton. Yeah, it's just because I'm supposed to be big. So after I put on muscle mass, a lot of the problems went away, muscle and fat. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. We're supposed to be marbled like a nice ribeye steak. <laughs> you're supposed to have a little bit of fat on you, but you're also supposed to have that fat on muscle. You're, it, women, too. I want to make that mm -hmm. very clear. You're supposed to have a little bit of fat right. on muscle. We shouldn't be able to pick you up by your belly. No. Pick you up by your boobies, yes. Pick you up by your belly, no. Well, specifically the females. I, I should not be able to pick yeah, up a man by their boobies. should never be able to pick up a male by his boobies. If he has boobies, there's something wrong. Yes. But, yes. Anyways. But we have... And there's a lot more words, but we're we're running out of time. Even. And we have one more on our... We have, we have two more on our list, and I think... Well, three. But I think we can speed run through a couple of them. Well, First we one. speed run through all of them, actually. Yes. The next one. Hail. Hello. That's all it means. That's all it means, people. It means hello. It is a greeting. It, it might be a greeting of... It's not even a greeting of praise. No. Hail Caesar it, just means hello, Caesar. For real. For when, real. It does not mean praise. Like, and we found some historic context, too, where it's been used as praise, but they was using it wrong. Oh, yeah, but that and, same and person was, also tried to claim Mary was part of the Trinity. Right. People are clueless. Yeah, had no idea what the hell she was talking about. And this was a saint, by the way. Yeah, saint. Do you remember the name? Uh, Gertrude? Or? Uh, no, it started with a B, though. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Barbara, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. But there's this whole prayer and uh, hail. Hello. Hail St. Mary or whatever the fuck hail it was. Hail Mary, Virgin, Suckled Jesus. Trinity, 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 yeah. She, you're, she's not part of the Trinity. I know it makes more sense for her to be part of the Trinity. You know, mother, father, child. She's not part of the Trinity. No. The Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity, which oddly enough is often depicted as a shimmering dove. And Father, there's actually and the Holy Ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit is often depicted as a shimmering dove. And there's actually an extant uh, cult specifically of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove on those weird islands off the coast of right. Portugal. I forget what but they're yes, called. Hail hello. just means hello. And, and greeting or especially at the end of something, hail hello. Hail my people, hail my gods, hail my flowers, hail my my splinter, hail, 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 hail. Hello. No, it just means hello. You sound ridiculous. You sound very uh, like you're not paying attention. Well, and then they, they'll say like, hello. hail Wotan. Why are you hailing the god of death and wild fury and war? And, and, and here you just, you're hailing. That is the verb. That's H-E-I-L as opposed to H. A I L. Hello. H A I L. Hello. Means hello or greetings. Hail. Hello. To hail or I'm hailing. That is the verb of saying hello. The action of saying which hello, brings us to another greetings. fun little thing with uh, English is a word can mean a different thing as a verb as opposed to a noun. English. Well, and actually, I love English because it's a very, very I like versatile it when it's done language. Correctly. Well, when English is done this correctly, this new speak stuff is garbage. Yes. Like this is the way I explain it. When I was a kid and I went to school, I was raised here in America, but I was raised sideways of society. I wasn't kept away from them, but uh, we was pretty insular. So I go to school. I only speak English. I was not taught Gaelic. My my elders spoke Gaelic. But I did not. So I go to I go to school, to public school, because I was forced to go. Okay, so my teachers, what country are you from? Here? Yeah, but what country are you from? Uh, uh America? Oh, well, where did you come from in America? Uh, 
right over there, a few miles. And it was one, the way I was pronouncing the words. That's understandable, right? But the reason why they was convinced I was from a different la- uh, from a different country was because of the words I was using and the way that I was using them and ordering them. So my grammar. So I was using antiquated words and modern words, but I was using the correct definitions and I was placing it in antiquated grammar. Well, before we, and I want to make this very clear, before we start getting into the proto languages, which first of all, don't exist. Yeah, They're proto reconstructions. Don't. So, but before you try to reconstruct these, please, please, for the love of all the gods, learn how to speak English properly or whatever first. language. Right. Whatever uh, language, like if, if you German if, is your is your primary language, learn how to speak actual proper German well, first. Well, like I want to learn German, but I want to learn either Texas German or Pennsylvania Dutch German, and here's why: it's because German in Germany has been fucked with. Oh yeah, so much so that I've talked to some some people in Germany and show them like videos of of the small mustachioed one. Yes. And I'm like, can you translate this for me? Because I have a translation on my end, but I definitely don't trust it. And they're like, I understand about one out of every three words they say because German has changed so much since then from that time period to now. He's basically speaking a different language. Well, it's like Frankish turning into French, except it's one of those things like you need. We need to understand our own language or they will take it from us. And, And. it's great to to learn um, old English, for instance, if you're an English speaker. But learn how how to speak modern English first, and then learn how to speak proper English. And then once you have that firm foundation of proper English, proper modern English. I'm not even talking about like Shakespearean English, but proper modern English. You know, cold what these words mean. You know that mad does not mean angry. Now you can start learning German, Gaelic, Italian, Old English, Russian, uh, whatever. Finnish, if you know the gods have mercy on your soul. <laughs> right. Well, because I've had I've had some people tell me, well, this thing can't be translated. Bullshit. Everything can be translated. You it just might have not to be use... able to be translated word for word, but everything can be translated. Which... But you have to know the languages. Well, we have a couple more English words to get into, but I want to do one more uh, Dravidian word like we started out with. Dharmic. It means universal truth. It does. That's why they always say, well, it can't be translated. It's because it's a universal faith. Yeah, they, they know what's going to happen as soon as they translate it for you. Well, it's like a lot of people will claim that some political movements are ethnic faith. They're not. They're, they're not. They're, they're not They're political people. movements. They're political movements. And the moment they're, they, uh, they think you're gone, then they admit it. I want to get through these last two. So apathy. Oh, yes. And you know apathy is good when all of society is telling you that apathy is bad. What in society is telling us to do things that's good for any of the groups that's out there? Well, and For what any of the, the, the races of man. Society is not telling us to do anything that is good for any of us. No, I mean, everyone's miserable right now. So when when society at large is saying apathy is bad, embrace empathy, you might want to stop and be like, what does apathy actually mean? Why don't they want me being apathetic? Well, and this is how I always describe it. I'm not saying be apathetic to your situation. I'm not saying be apathetic as your personality. I'm talking about apathy without. So apathy towards people who are not your people. 
empathy within. Reverse right. the order. And we that doesn't mean that you can't be kind because we can be kind to dogs. Well, I've been, I'm kind to everyone that I can be unless they do something right. that means But that in I the be. end, unless they're us, we don't care. care. Not really. And here's the thing. It's the same is true for every other group. And just in case you're not sure of the power of apathy, how many flies have you killed in your life? Did you care about any of them? How many worms or ants or pick a thing? How many blades of grass have you cut up? And did you care about any of them? No, you was apathetic to them. This is the power of apathy. That's why they don't want us being apathetic. In fact, they created something called weaponized empathy. They turned our empathy into the means of keeping us down by trying to play on a made-up version of guilt. And weaponized empathy. People should know we didn't make that up. So there's a term out there, weaponized empathy. Why then do they want us to get rid of apathy? Actually extend your empathy. You need to be more empathetic. You need to love everyone. Yes, everyone. And yet it's creating a society of people that hate everything and everyone. Exactly. Are apathetic to everything. Because here's the thing is if you're everyone's friend, you're no one's friend. Mm -hmm. If you love everyone, you love no one. That is just the reality. It, it's Yeah, it's really the way that works. Which actually is a great place to end with our last word we had on the list. Blood and soil is synonymous with the words kith and kin. Well, it means the same thing. But it it's not synonymous. Well, it's, it's, it's not synonymous. Because syno- we, we actually made the argument earlier in this right. very podcast. Synon- there are no such thing as synonyms in the way people think. They right. don't mean the exact same thing. There's certain groups out there. If I catch them saying kith and kin, there will be a brother war. Because I don't want them replacing their blood and soil with kith and kin. These mean different things, but they're similar. They can mean the same thing. Kith can be translated to mean land or home. Or, yeah, kith and kin kin is your family, your relation, your blood. However, kith more accurately translates to the way of home. So our blood, the way of our blood is a much more accurate term but it can be used in much the same way as blood and soil which bring which again but we know those people that will pervert it precisely and here's the thing is all these words we've talked about hyperborea indo-european urindian aryan satyr galder shaman druid witch blood and soil kith and kin race apathy hate love fury anger madness mad the two a day faith belief frith hail and heil they are all words that people use all the time and don't understand. Well, and how many big channels, big podcasts, big YouTube channels have you, the listener, seen these things used incorrectly? Well, and here's another thing is just like because people are trying to play you when they you're being misled. And that's what we're trying to stop. We're trying to give you the weapons to combat it. And one of the biggest ways they're doing it is by playing with magic words, by claiming they can't translate them. Hamingja can't be translated. It basically means luck pool. Now, now that I've described it as that, does a lot of things click into place and do, are a lot of people using it wrong? They are doing the same thing the church did by keeping the text in Old Greek and Latin, not letting the people read it. Read the stories. Understand your people. You don't have to read the Eddas. If you're going to use them as a pseudo-religious text, then I would say you should read them. Right, and then but if we're not, going to bind you to the, the pages of those books. But if not, read your histories. And understand there's been some fuckery there. Read Grimm's fairy tales. Read Lord of the Rings. Read the Greek epic. Read the Greek epics. Read the Northern sagas. Read the beautiful literature and poetry of your people. There is so 
so much out there about us. Well, and honestly, here, because some people think the sagas and, and epics are two different things. They're not. How it's decided if it's a saga or an epic, the lateral line on the earth is called the latitude. What latitude is it from? For real. That's and they're exactly not always long how, either. Yeah, and they're not an always epic. long. Some epics and some sagas are one sentence long. Yep. But man, is it an epic sentence. And they're written in poetry for a reason. They're supposed to be sung. Sung or recited. Sung or recited. Like when we tell stories, we don't have to sing the story, but we're reciting a story. Even when you pick pick up a book and you're reading Conan to your child, to your little boy, so that he understands how to be a barbarian, you're reciting a story when you're reading out loud. Except for they used to have to actually memorize them. Yeah, memorize them over successive tellings. Yeah. And this this is the whole point is there for anyone who's read 1984, for anyone who's heard this term, new speak. It's not just our enemies that are trying to construct a new speak. There are people posing as allies that are also taking advantage of our lack of knowledge of our own language. Well, and I've been saying this for years. Some of our most dangerous enemies look just like us. And if you're... If you're a Dravidian, your most dangerous enemies look just like you. If you're Asian, your most dangerous enemies look just like you. This extends to everyone around the planet. So for Hyperboreans, our most dangerous enemies look just like us and claim to be friends. Yes. And I'm going to finish up here and basically just say... Language is important. You need to understand your own language before you try to figure out everybody else's because it's just going to end badly if we try to be armchair academics about this. And one of the first ways, reading a dictionary is boring as frick. But you know what's actually fun? Reading a book or a poem or heck, a comic book. Read something our people made that's beautiful, that you want to read. I don't care what it is, but read it because you want to enjoy it absorb it it was written in our tongue in our language with our spirit not in this new speak garbage they're trying to push lore keeper out all right yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna actually give the same recommendation because we all know modern tv is garbage but we do need entertainment most modern music is garbage so rather than spending an hour digging through hulu or youtube or Pick a a platform trying to find something to watch that's just mindless entertainment. Pick up a book and read a book for mindless entertainment. And try to pick up an old book. I mean, we love having books and showing off the fact that we have all these books. Pick up some storybooks, old sagas, old epics, and get more than one copy of the same thing. Uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales is, is a great example. There's, what, three, four different translations of Grimm Fairy Tales, many, many more just in America, translated into English. And they're basically the same book, but every one is a little bit different because there'll be different stories in it. There will be different translations of the same story because they wasn't written down in English and things can be translated different ways. So just because, well, I've read Grimm's Fairy Tales, well, read another version of it. You might get a story that you didn't have in the first one or a different version of the exact same story that you already read. Spend spend your, your leisure time doing that i'm hoping when you listen to us that you're doing something like i don't know sewing knitting i I don't get doing push-ups i don't give shit what you're doing i'm hoping that you're actually doing something that's why we don't have video 
even when we was on YouTube, we didn't have video. We haven't been doing things on YouTube because we're right up against getting kicked off from YouTube. So that's why we haven't really <laughs> been posting there. So we got to wait for things to uh, to fade away before we can really post anything to YouTube. But yeah, read books. Don't read opinion pieces on the history of paganism. Don't read, I, I don't know, all this bullshit that's out there. Here, buy my book and I will explain to you exactly why what you want to be real is real. The Indo-European connection to the to your butthole. Don't read. Don't bother reading books like that. Read some storybooks. Stories are good for us. It's what we do. Our people were storytellers. Damn it! Embrace that. Grab some old storybooks and read those for entertainment. Oh yeah. Anyways, I'm I'm rambling. I'm going to shoot out of here. Don't keep your head down. Don't keep your mouth shut. Stand the fuck up. And I hope that your powder is dry because you're needing it. All right, see you guys next week. Hello.